It's songs like that, sung that way, that give me the inspiration to do what we're talking about today, to do what I'm doing here today. So thank you. Thank you. Hi. So nice to see you all. So um, I don't know what you grew up with, but I grew up with the traditional idea of Lent. You know, you're going to give up something. That's the thing. What are you giving up for Lent? And uh, that's the way I was taught. And part of my, um, my younger years, I lived in parts of the country that had not predominantly a Protestant um, profile. I lived amongst a bunch of Catholics. And uh, I lived a bunch, uh, amongst a bunch of Jewish people. And I know that for Catholics in particular, I even my school, my public school ran out of room, uh, and so they rented rooms from the Catholic school in the neighborhood. So that's where I went to elementary school, was with the Catholic kids. So lunch on Fridays was always fish sticks. <laughs> and um, I, I don't eat fish sticks anymore. <laughs> um, and, uh, and it was always about giving up something. And so as I came into a greater spiritual understanding, began to practice uh, spiritual principles in a different way uh, all those years ago, it became, well, maybe I am going to let go of something. I'll use the, the process of denial and then filling it in with affirmations, and then I'll have, a, a, you know. And then it shifted over to, well, maybe I won't give up something. Maybe I'll take on a greater spiritual practice. Maybe I'll take on something that's better for me. Maybe I'll take on exercising <laughs> for Lent only. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, usually didn't make it to the end of that, so I didn't make it to Easter. Um, but now it's a little more nuanced, and I think that's where all of us are. It's about looking a little more deeply with our spiritual intelligence about what it is that's uh, holding us back, what it is we're holding on to that keeps us from moving forward in a way that's spiritually fulfilling. And listen, we are, by nature, creatures of habit. We enjoy doing things a certain way. We like our rituals. We like our routines. We like our certain foods. We like TV shows. But that also applies to the things that we do that aren't good for us. You know? And it's comfortable and it's familiar even if it's damaging. And we, it's that thing, it's that thing or two or six that we have in the back of our mind that's like, oh, one day I'll get to that. One day I'll decide to quit doing this thing that is harmful to me or maybe I shouldn't be doing. And then we have the argument with ourselves, well, it's not that bad or I can quit any time or you know how we do? That makes me tired just to think about the machinations that we go through to keep ourselves from growing. How crazy is that? And yet we are crazy people. And we, we do that. 
The other night, I had the opportunity, the, to me, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and I saw Itzhak Perlman, the great, you know, one-in-a-century violinist. And, um, oh my goodness, what a beautiful occasion that was. The, um, the Long Center was totally full. It was a sold-out show, such an appreciative bunch of people that were there. And of course, when he plays the violin, it, it, it transports you. You transcend, you know, the next breath when you listen to him. And when he got to the very end of the program and pay, played the theme from Schindler's List, could have heard a pin drop in that entire hall. It was just so beautiful. But if you listen to his story and the humor and the graciousness that he has when he is with a crowd of people, you realize that he gave up his idea of mobility when he was a child, when he got polio. And so any thoughts that he had about being an active youth were gone. I mean, he can, if you've, seen, uh, if you've seen any videos of him, most of the time he's in a wheelchair. He can walk around with braces and sticks, but it's, it's difficult. So he gave up that idea of mobility, but all of his, his labor, all of his intention, all of his efforts went toward becoming a most exceptional violinist. And... Uh, <laughs> And I would throw in also, he was probably born with an incredible gift that, uh, you know, if, you, if you're really dedicated to the practice, may never be as good as he is. He gave up a life in Tel Aviv to come to the United States not knowing what it would be like, not knowing what, how he would earn money, how he would, how he would as, as a very young person, a teenager, how he and his mom were going to be supported in this journey. So you look at what he let go of, the idea of mobility, the idea of being an Israeli citizen for the rest of his life. He gave that up to become one of the most talented, universal artists in the world. So his life was an inspiration, and to see it the day after Ash Wednesday was really remarkable. You know, this whole journey, Unity has a little book if, uh, and I think, is our Wednesday night group studying this? Um, we've got a little book from Unity called 40 Days of Letting Go. And so starting with Ash Wednesday, uh, let's see. Ash Wednesday was I let go of anger. Thursday was I let go of anxiety. Friday was I let go of apathy. And uh, yesterday was I let go of bitterness. So here, not even a week into... Uh, the Lenten season, we're giving up anger, anxiety, apathy, and bitterness. <laughs> okay, just those things. Just add them to your list. Anger, anxiety, apathy, and bitterness. So I, I want to read you what today's uh, reading says because this first sentence says everything. We are always in the stark and beautiful, beautiful movement 
of letting go of one thing, thought, or situation while being set free to a more excellent, deeper, and more expansive experience of ourselves. We are always in the stark and beautiful, beautiful movement. I want you to think about stark and beautiful existing in the same place as the perfect oxymoron. Letting go is a learned action from a lifelong journey of self-acceptance revealed as a process that evokes our trust in the messiness of living with some experiences of joy, sorrow, and disappointment wrapped up in a bit of love. Letting go is a process that invites us to affirm the truth of our being and trust the unfolding journey of being fully present in our thoughts, words, and deeds. To be inspired by the smallest of things, to overcome unforeseen challenges, and to let go of expectations that do not belong to us. Think about that one. That's a very subtle thing, isn't it? Expectations that do not belong to us. We're going to talk about the idea of, well, I didn't think life was going to look like this. This is not when I got to this point in my life, I didn't think it would look this way. We learn to trust the movement of spirit creating the masterpiece that is you and me. Here's a little bitty example. This is a very minor example. So, you know, you can drive around the whole central Texas area and see piles of, uh, you know, brush and limbs and, you know, wood piles that are going to need a season to cure before you can burn them. And, and so I've been confused about who's picking up what when. <laughs> am, I, am I the only one that's... It's just like, okay, what is, what is uh, Hayes County doing? What is Driftwood doing? What is Rimrock POA doing? And so I finally just put out a thing the other day. I was like, well, I don't think Rimrock is coming to pick up my stuff. I don't have a trailer. I've already paid to have my, my limb, some of my limbs cut. The rest is going to happen whenever the service gets to it. But I've got this brush pile out by my mailbox. Oh, well, Okay. I'm just going to put it out there and see if there's somebody available. And sure enough, I got a couple of people that said I'd be happy to come um, haul off your brush for this exorbitant amount of money. And uh, I went, oh, yeah, supply and demand (laughs) is at work. Uh, And so I saw my next-door neighbor, who also has a brush pile between my mailbox and his. He was out working in the yard yesterday. And so I walked out to him, and I was just about to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to get a couple of bids here. I've got one price in already for somebody to haul off the brush. Would you like to include your brush pile in my brush pile? Before I could open my mouth, he said, hey, I've been meaning to come over and tell you, I, I bought a chipper that's going to be delivered on Tuesday, and I'm, I, I thought I'd chip up your brush pile for you. I said... Okay, I owe you a pie, man. That's, that's, that's great. So, uh, so I let go of the idea that somebody was going to rescue my brush pile. And I took some action for myself. And in doing so, opened up this beautiful flow between my neighbor and me. And uh, I was willing to be, you know, I was willing to be uh, generous and helpful. And I got back way more than I expected. So that's just one small example 
about the way we fight against things, the expectations we hold, the things we think we're entitled to. You know, did anybody besides me have that thought? Well, it's not my fault that the trees broke. It's not my fault that I don't have a trailer. It's not my fault. Wow. Just see if you ever use that for any reason whatsoever. So in that, that moment of letting go of any discouragement, any entitlement, any um, um, reluctance to take action. And letting go of all that, something beautiful happened. I would, I would venture to guess that most of us can look backwards in our lives and so, yeah, uh, yeah, I let go of that thing and look at this beautiful thing that happened. But somehow, that doesn't translate to the now and the future. We can have examples of what letting go and then receiving the gift from letting go. We've got examples from that in our past, and yet we still hesitate to let go of something that we're holding on to so tightly. Knowing that there is a promise to be fulfilled on the other side of it. And so when I say let go and let God, you know, it's not, that's not in Scripture. I'm just telling you right now, don't go looking for let go and let God. We humans kind of made that up, but we made up a lot of the stuff in the Scripture anyway, didn't we? I'll just say. <laughs> humans did that. Humans used that incorrectly. Humans use that to harm other people, to make ourselves guilty, to make other people guilty, to make other people wrong, and to scare ourselves into heaven. <sighs> I'm letting go of that one forever and ever and ever and ever. So it's especially um, relevant in the recovery community. Let go and let God. Now, as you can imagine, because recovery is a universal issue, not everybody identifies with God. Not everybody identifies with Allah. Not, what do you do if you're a, a, a native of India and you hear about AA? Your whole idea has to shift, doesn't it? You, when you think about somebody who doesn't practice the Judeo-Christian Religion. Your higher power can be whatever it is that you feel like is greater than you are, that represents to you love, unconditional acceptance, and a higher way of being. I heard somebody in AA say that their higher power for them when they first got in recovery was their golden retriever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get that. I would trust a golden retriever over some human beings. You know what I mean? <laughs> but if that golden retriever is the thing that pulls out the desire in you to live your best life, then the golden retriever it is. 
So you have to define what your idea of your higher power of your God is. No matter your, no matter your religious upbringing or lack thereof, no matter what your persuasion is from your culture, whatever your higher power is, is not also something outside of yourself. It can be. It starts that way. But in the end, it is what represents that which is already inside you, maybe hidden from you, maybe un, uh, unexpressed as of yet. But that thing that you are saying, there is something, there is something that can handle my life better than I am currently at this moment. There is that, that urge inside us, that nobility, if you will, that dignity. All of those characteristics that we assign to a higher spiritual life already existing. And we are, by golly, fighting our way through the fog to see that, to identify with it, to live it. So it's okay if your God is the transcendent God outside of yourself. It's okay if the God um, that you identify with is just the imminent God that lives in you. It's okay if it's both. Whatever it is that you say, yes, that is a higher way. That calls to me at my deepest levels. That's what we're surrendering to. Because unless we've been so beaten down by life that we think there is no hope for us, when we get to that point in our lives, have you not discovered that that's the point at which you find some spark that pulls you up out of that darkness? What is that thing? That's God. That is a divine force. That is something that is greater than our emotional intelligence, which is sometimes a little broken. It's greater than our intellectual intelligence because that is not a requirement for a spiritual foundation. It's not about what we have or don't have materially. It's not about whether or not we consider ourselves saved. It's about that in us which is greater and purer and always present. That's what we're giving up. That's what we're surrendering to. That's what we're letting go to in order to live at a little bit more elevated and comfortable level for ourselves. So if you've got something that's making you miserable today, anything, anybody, anybody got anything making them just a little bit miserable today, anything at all, you, know, you can answer silently. It's fine. You don't have to out yourself. Yep, miserable. If you've got anything that's making you a little bit miserable today, 
Don't fool yourself into thinking, oh, well, I have to see what it looks like before I can let go. Because most of the time we don't get that vision. We can look back and say, oh, yeah, when I let go of that, I had this. And I didn't know it was coming. But don't fool yourself into thinking you have to know what the solution looks like before you give up the thing to its remedy. You understand what I'm saying? I, there's so many metaphors for that. The one I always think of is, is the trapeze thing. Where you're letting go. You watch trapeze artists that let's go of one bar and there's a, there's a moment before they grasp the other one. And in that in-between, there is the idea that there's enough momentum already in place to take you to safety. I propose to you that you already have enough momentum that when, not if, when you let go of that which makes you miserable, you are on your way to safety. Okay? Now I'm going to give you an example that's kind of humorous, but I think it'll stick. I just found out this week from my children that there's a certain type of crab, but you didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> there's a certain type of crab that when it fights with another crab and loses, the way it, 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 it demonstrates its surrender to its opponent is it takes one of its own arms off. And I've seen videos. Crab loses the fight. Crab does this, pulls its arm off and lays it down, scuttles off sideways. One of my sons said he saw this at the, I think, at the Dallas Aquarium. And he said, in the tank where all these crabs were, you just saw these piles of legs. Now, the crab will grow back a new leg. Good news. I've got to think it's not going to be exactly like the one before, because nature has its way. But I would just ask you today, if you're ready to pull off one of your legs <laughs> and lay it down and say, okay, I'm done with this fight, you win. And it's going to be a little, it might be a little bit before you get a new leg grown back in. I love that story. Now, I, I just want to add that the victor crab, he doesn't do anything with the leg. I mean, that's not, that's not, you know, that's not the thing. It's just a signal, okay, fight's over, you win. So I would just ask you today, where in your life can you say, okay, fight's over, you win, here's my leg. Yeah, I don't know if you heard it just now, but I heard a collective sigh in the room just now. This isn't about, um, gosh, this isn't about self-improvement, although that is probably a result. This isn't about um, uh, a quick fix, although it might be. 
this is about digging down to those things that we have habitually held on to so tightly and we've identified with so strongly that the thought of giving that up terrifies us. Okay? I'm talking about that stuff. Where you feel like if you give this thing up, you're going to be looking into a yawning void and not know what to do with yourself. Beloved, I promise you that if your heart is already calling you to give up something, to let go of something that doesn't work for you anymore, then it's time. And I would guess that a lot of the time for us, it has to do with how we are in relationships. Who we think we can control with our love, who, um, who we need to let go of because it's no longer healthy for us. It doesn't bring joy and fulfillment. It's about how we give up our expectations on other people. And beloved, this is the time when the golden rule is so effective. Are you willing to give to other people that which you desire for yourself? If you desire a life in which there are no undue expectations on you, are you willing to give up the undue expectations that you have of others. If you do not want someone controlling you with their thoughts, words, and actions, are you willing to give up, to let go of your need to control others with your thoughts, words, and actions? This is the real stuff. And here is the measure that I suggest you look at it with. Notice how much energy you might expend on that thing that it's time to let go of. Notice how many imaginary conversations you have in your head with the other person. And it doesn't matter if it's someone closest to you or some politician you don't like. You see, it's about that conversation. It's about that use of your energy. It's about using up all your juice over something for which there is no return. See where you're spending your energy. Even if you are in the midst of having to do something very difficult in your life, and many of you are caring for loved ones who are 
who are sick, who have mental health issues, who have addiction issues, who have um, uh, declining uh, uh, cognitive skills, whatever you're dealing with in your life right now. There's a subtlety about giving up the energy that you spin around it. Do you understand what I'm saying? There is a way for us to be lovingly detached from even those about whom we are in direct care of. So that our, our, our love and our care comes from a place that is greater than those human emotions that use up our energy. There is a way that we can be caregivers to others, that we can be involved in people's lives in a way that is healthy and calm and loving and that we're able to step back from because we have that energy in us as well that is from God. Another question you can ask yourself is, Am I trying to do this all by my own power, or am I enlisting power of spirit with me? That's another question you can ask yourself. Because I guarantee you that if you're saying, gosh, I need something greater than myself to carry me through this, to lift me up. If you say those words, that will be there for you. Even in your times of your greatest exhaustion. And I'm saying that specifically to you today because I know that so many of you, so many of us, are dealing with those things in our lives right now. So give yourself the gift of letting go of that which depletes you so that you have room to know the fullness of spirit to know the fullness of calm and joy, of embracing um, the sweetness and the difficulty all at the same time. Do you know that within a span of about 60 days, I'm going to be blessing new members into this church. I'm going to be blessing, I know of at least four children that I'm going to be blessing. I'm also going to be um, doing memorial service for two beloved people. And uh, there is that which keeps the joy in balance with the sorrow so that all of it is just that sweet ache of life. You keep those words if you want to, the sweet ache of life. And if you're feeling that at any moment, know that you're living your life fully. When joy and sorrow are holding hands with each other, when the easiness and the difficulty are holding hands with each other, when the darkness and the light are holding hands with each other, when the renewal and the fatigue hold hands with each other, That's a rich life, my friends. 
And so, yes, during this time of Lent, we're going to focus on things like anger, anxiety. What were the other two? Apathy and bitterness. <laughs> you know, what we're letting go of can have a whole lot of different faces because I'll tell you what, we got a whole booklet full of them. Let's see, we got doubt, discouragement, darkness, discontent, discontent, complaining, criticism, shall I go on? Indecision, insecurity, judgment, resistance. <laughs> but don't be afraid to name a thing so that you can let go of it. Don't be afraid to name a thing and say, there's something better. Than this. I'm willing to, like Finn said in his meditation today, it takes more energy to do this than it does to do this. So as we meditate today, let your hands be open. Let your hands be open. Because you are letting go with one and you are embracing with the other. And you can use that as a, as a body exercise if you so desire, with your hands open. What is it you're letting go of? And is this other hand open to what is on its way to fill up that, that space and more? Breathe, beloved. This doesn't have to be hard, but some days it will feel that way. And beloved, I, I can promise you that however long your struggle has lasted, the time of fulfillment will come suddenly and not take as long to fulfill you as the period of suffering took to manifest. And if letting go brings to you some fear or anxiety, then go ahead and put it in the pile of letting go. Let go of your fear and anxiety. So that as you let God, you are letting love and ease and joy and clarity take its place. You see, beloved, as we go through this process of letting go and letting God, we do so without judgment or condemnation upon ourselves. If we're experiencing those, then we let go of them. As you let go, you may have tears and grief. And know that coming right behind it is comfort. 
And here in this room, here in the sound of my voice, are companions whose very presence and very intention strengthens yours. So you are not alone. You have allies and confidants and companions. And we can lend each other courage. We can lend each other compassion. We can lend each other confidence and celebration. It may help in your mind's eye as you think about that which you're willing to let go of today to imagine your most beloved friend standing before you and you're saying to them this feels kind of hard but I'm letting go of this and your beloved friend says I hear you, I see you I applaud your strength I see your courage I support that which is new and fresh that is coming to replace that that you're releasing. And beloved, if you can imagine that, you've already imagined God. You've imagined the very spirit that has created you and is holding your highest good always and always. And as with all things that move us forward, move us higher in our spiritual life. We give thanks. We give thanks, yes, even for the difficulty. Because along with it is that courage and that willingness. Thank you, God. Give thanks for your tender and brave heart. Give thanks for your companions near and far that journey with you. And so it is 
And so it is. And so it is.